Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Julian Love. Julian began his career in the private sector in General Electric's financial leadership program, where he had the opportunity to hold a variety of financial analyst roles across three different business units. He later accepted a management consulting role with Ernst & Young's finance transformation practice, where Julian focused on finance process improvement, ERP implementation, and business development. After gaining extensive experience in finance, operations, and information technology in the private sector, Julian began to pursue his passion for education and honest politics, accepting a role with Leadership for Educational Equity, LEE. As LEE's Director of Strategy, he focused on financial management, performance management, member outreach, and crafting the social media marketing campaign strategy. After spending 10 years on the East Coast, Julian decided it was time to pursue the work he is so passionate about back home in Sacramento, which led him to St. Hope. Julian earned his undergraduate degree in finance from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University and his Master's of Public Administration from the University of Southern California. Thanks for joining me, Julian. Yeah, no problem. Super excited to be here. Yeah, so today we're talking about social impact companies. It seems evident that more and more people are expecting companies to step up and do the right thing. In one recent example, we saw the praise for those companies who reacted to the Black Lives Matter movement in a meaningful way. And alternatively, we saw the backlash for those who didn't. As little as 10 years ago, I don't think many of us would have expected a response from the corporate world at all, but not so today. So Julian, I'm really looking forward to today's discussion. But before we get into the main topic, tell me about your career progression. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so I um, started my career, well, I'll take a step back. I attended North Carolina A&T State University, which was just named the number one public HBCU. So I'm super excited about that. Wow, congrats. Thank you, thank you. And then from there, I started my career with General Electric in their financial management program. And so I spent two years in GE's consumer industrial business, working in four different areas of the business, four different areas of finance, and really laid a really strong foundation in finance, accounting, controls, and strategy. Yeah. After that, I wanted to move into consulting because my goal was to kind of transition out of the finance space at that time in more of a general management space. So I wanted to go into consulting and I landed at Ernst & Young in their advisory services practice. And I spent a couple of years there working on ERP implementations, finance transformation, supply chain transformation. I really got to lead for the first time and also got to really understand the technology that's behind accounting and finance and really is the, the platform that a business runs on. So that was a great experience. And then It was at that time that I decided to make a shift, and we can get into that a little bit more later, but I I wanted to spend my days and my time working on things that were important to me, Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't want to wait to the end of my career to do it. I wanted to do it right then, and so I made a swerve, and I started with an organization called Leadership for Educational Equity, whose mission was to transform education through politics and policy 
using former educators. And so did a strategy role there, got deeply embedded in the movement for educational equity in New York City, met a lot of great people, a lot of great educators, and just learned so much about the education landscape, policy, and politics. And then I wanted to do similar work, purpose-driven work back home in Sacramento, where I'm from. And so I took a role at St. Hope, whose mission is to transform Oak Park, Sacramento through public education and economic development. We have a network of charter schools. We have a portfolio of businesses and real estate all in the Oak Park neighborhood in Sacramento. And so that's where I've been for the last four years. And recently, I've also launched a venture focused on gaming and technology education. So using gaming kind of as the bait to bring young people in and then build a relationship and teach technology education. So coding, software engineering, hardware engineering, and video game design. Yeah, what a great way to reach out to kids. Yeah, that, that, that's the thesis. So we'll, uh, we're, we're putting into practice. We'll see how it plays out. So are there any particular stories or career moves that stand out in your mind as turning points? Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, I alluded to it, but taking a step back and looking at my transition from Ernst & Young, where my career was going great, I got promoted early, was getting rave reviews, to almost take a demotion in some ways and a large pay cut. Uh, I think that was kind of the biggest turning point where I kind of just dove all in and couldn't look back. And, you know, it was, it was a mixture of things throughout my career and my life. I'd always been passionate about education and passionate about ensuring that everyone had access to a great education. Um, had recently become passionate about politics and, and putting people in office who led from a place of integrity. But also at that time, it was really when the Black Lives Matter movement initially burst onto the scene. Um, mm -hmm. It was after the shooting of, of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. And so I'd gotten really involved in organizing and protesting and ex exposed to, to great people who helped me grow in different ways that I hadn't grown before. And it just kind of tugged at, tugged at my, my spirit and, and really made it so I couldn't spend my days simply growing profits for corporations and, and individuals. I, I needed to spend my days at that time working on things that truly mattered to me. Yeah. So I, I decided to make a big move. And I, I think that was kind of one of the biggest turning points in my career. Yeah, um, I, I think a lot of people want to make a difference, but, but that is a hard thing to do, uh, especially when you're young and just starting off in a career. Yeah, m most definitely. And it, it takes... It takes courage and it honestly takes a little bit of stupidity. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and you, sometimes you may question your decisions. And so for me, it just, I just know that every decision was made from the core of myself. So I can't, I can't beat myself up over anything. And I have to just remember uh, why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I made the decisions that I made. So as a CFO, what are your greatest concerns these days? Um, what, what's keeping you up at night? Yeah, so, so right now, with how the world is and, and COVID and the disruption, the number one thing on my mind is cash flow. And so ensuring that we can meet payroll and we can meet payroll for the next six to 12 months because mm -hmm. the future holds so much uncertainty. So it means securing the PPP loan and securing other cash advances, even though we may not need it right now, just having those coffers stuffed is is extremely important to the organization 
in these times of uncertainty. And second to that, I'd say making sure I'm also working with the team and thinking about longer term revenue streams. And so looking at the world and how it's changing, uh, I think diversification is extremely important. So thinking about, you know, diversifying revenue streams. Yeah. Okay. So switching gears just a little bit. So what are social impact companies and why do these companies matter? Yeah, I'd say you probably get a million different answers if you ask a million different people, but I'll give my definition. To me, a social impact company uh, is a company who at their core serves a purpose, a social impact purpose, but also turns a profit. And so it's part of their business model to have a positive social impact. Yeah, I, I think when companies don't have that at their core or it's not who they truly are, it becomes apparent. I think that's pretty transparent. Yes, yes. And so I, I like to, one, one of my personal favorite examples of this is Tesla. And so to me, how they demonstrate it is each Tesla that they sell reduces the carbon emissions. And so each car, each widget that they're making a profit on also has a positive impact on the environment and the longevity of the human species, essentially. So why do you think companies are shifting their focus to become socially impactful? Yeah, I think this is this is a big question, but I, I really just mo- this morning, it kind of hit me that I think social media has a lot to do with it. I think the fact that there's this collective consciousness that's kind of built through social media and that ideas are shared and spread and engaged with at such a rapid and also deep level across the entire globe really has shifted people to think more about what really matters, which is which people and quality of life and, and, and our planet versus simply profits. And so I think because of the voice that's given to people and ideas and concepts, companies are held at a higher standard. And I also think the people inside of companies are shifting and changing because they're a part of this, this collective conversation that's happening on social media as well. So that kind of brings me to the next question. Is it possible for a for-profit company to maximize returns for shareholders and also be a social impact company? Or are those two things mutually exclusive? Yeah, so, I, I don't, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say in other words, when a company is socially impactful, does that take away from shareholder return? Yeah, I, I, I don't think those two are mutually exclusive. I think it goes back to if your core product has a positive social impact. So each time you provide that service or each time you sell an additional widget, it has a positive social impact, then they'll be married. The profit and the impact will be married. I think, I think the problem comes where companies and folks aren't intentional about their core product and the consequences of that, where the two kind of um, diverge. And so I'll just go back to the Tesla example where each additional car that they sell, in my opinion, has a positive social impact and, and, and ecosystem impact. So what are some examples of socially responsible corporate behaviors? Yeah, I think it's um, really being intentional, being candid, and taking time 
and whatever problem you're solving and the solution you're developing and thinking deeply about what are the consequences of the solution. And so also building the systems and processes around that to make sure that you're taking time to think deeply about the consequences of the solution that you're putting forth is probably a big behavior that's important. And I also think giving voice to a diverse set of people who are going to see those consequences in different ways than a kind of homogeneous group of people who may all just come up with the same set of ideas. If you get a, a different group of people in the room, they'll probably foresee how your product or, or service will impact different communities in different ways. And so I think creating those spaces to, to explore the consequences and making sure there's diversity in those spaces is one behavior that will kind of be great for social impact. And I know we touched on this with Tesla, but so in your opinion, what other companies are doing this well these days? Yeah, I think another company that a lot of folks would know is Salesforce. And so in the founding of Salesforce from the very beginning, they had the dual focus of having a social impact and making a profit and growing their business. And so I think having that from the very beginning and not not doing it as an add-on after you go public or, or after a certain amount of years or when, when society is calling you to do it, having it from the very beginning and having a founder and leaders who prioritize that from the very beginning is important. I think Salesforce has done a good job of that. Yeah. And, and like you said, uh, I think it's so important that the leaders of these companies also are living their values. Yeah. A hundred percent. Culture always starts from the top. And yeah. so super important that the leaders genuinely are living these values and breathing these values into their companies. So lastly, let's talk about generational differences and how that plays into social impact. Yeah, I think um, this kind of goes back to the, the, the social media thread. And I think the younger generations who are, are growing up with all these ideas and all this dialogue around them and them being immersed in it has changed the way that they see the world and they see capitalism and they see their career and their place and their purpose in the world. And so I don't see this trend too social impact slowing down at all, especially with everything that's going on today with with the Black Lives Matter movement and and African-Americans being killed by police officers and the the fires here in California burning up our state and, and impacting us in ways that they've never had before. These younger folks who are growing up in that and don't know anything but that, I think are going to bring a whole different level of social impact and responsibility and accountability to the workplace and to companies and the companies that they build. And so I think it's going to be imperative for companies in the future if they want to survive and have people invest in them to have that social impact and that social mission at the core of who they are. Yeah, I I think that that is going to help actually attract that young talent. you know, to come work for you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So Julian, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. Maybe we can do it again one day. Yeah. I've really enjoyed hearing your story and the importance of being socially responsible corporation to all of our listeners today. I hope you've enjoyed today's discussion as well. And I hope you'll tune in next week until then take care of yourselves and have a great week. 
If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personiv. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personiv can do for you by visiting personiv.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personiv. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out personiv.com. Thanks for listening.